Hey, this is French Hansen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Subber, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And sitting across from me today is prolific singer-songwriter Lily Frost. Lily, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. So I say prolific because in the last 20 years, you have seen an awful lot of your songs appear in television, movies, commercials. I've written a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it's something that I can't stop. <laughs> That's a really good problem to have. I don't have much control over it. Yeah. They're, they're coming out in my dreams. Yeah. And naps. Nap time is a really good time for songs to come out. Yeah, I have 14 records. And yeah. luckily, thankfully, they've been put into TV shows and films. So I don't have to tour. <laughs> Just kidding. I like touring, but yeah. it's harder work. Oh, for sure it is. This way I get to sit at home and raise my children while my songs do the work for me. Very good. <laughs> and how do they say, you say that they come to you in naps? Yeah, nap time is really good because it's not like full nap, but it's when you're falling asleep. Mm. And then um, melodies often come or rhythms mm-hmm. and I just have to capture them. So that's a good time. But Or if you're not, if I'm not well rested enough then the songs don't come, so then I'll have a nap. And when I wake up, I know that I'm good again because the songs start coming back. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Keith Richards once said, I always, I always think about this, he he said uh, songs are just in the air and you just have to reach out and exactly. pull them down. And Tom Waits said something like that too. Oh, did he? You just have to be ready yeah. to let them in and mm-hmm. capture them because if you don't, you lose. They're just gone. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, a brand new record, Retro Modern. Yeah. And that is it. When did that come out? It's not out. The official yet. release is, is June it? 7th. Yes. And the show, I have one show, okay. <laughs> is June 1st, yes. Saturday. Yeah. So the, the record is the best songs from my past two years specifically, but then catalog in general. Okay. So I just wanted it to be the best that I could offer. And I have been working as a staff writer Mm -hmm. in Nashville and LA, like co-writing. Yeah. And going to songwriting camps and really taking the songwriting seriously. I worked at a publishing company, Mm -hmm. went in nine to five and wrote songs every week for three days a week. So, um, it just, I was cranking them out. Right. (laughs) And then what happens then is, the good ones rise to the top. So I just chose the cream of the crop and also put them past Gus Van Gogh, who was my first choice producer after Mark Ronson, basically, who charges $100,000 a song. So I can't (laughs) quite afford Mark today. (laughs) Today. (laughs) Not today. But Gus is incredible and styling, and we come from the same scene in Montreal. Mm -hmm. We come from a mod sort of pop retro 60s scene he's mm-hmm. more ska i was more mod and he just gets it and we went through all the stuff and he's like that one that one that one that one though those are the best oh, let's wow. do those yeah that's great yeah so your show is at sassafras i think right no oh, but i no. do have a jazz show at sassafras thank you for reminding me oh. <laughs> uh the release show is at the rivoli oh okay so i thought that this was just an album release you're actually playing at the riv yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, good. Playing the record. So ah, we have been rehearsing record. quite a bit. I bet. 
which is different for me. Like mm. I, I'm used to just kind of rehearsing a couple of times and going in mm-hmm. and doing it. But this time the band learned all the arrangements and everything is accurately representing the record. Oh, very good. Sonically everything. Like everyone's very careful and precise. It's kind of cool. And that's this Saturday night. It's very art directed. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. You. Yeah. That's great. It is exciting. It's exciting also because stylistically, um, like I don't have a, a label. I don't have anyone veering me off my vision. Mm-hmm. So it's completely uncompromised. Very good. I, I mean, I have kind of gone there before, but this time I feel pretty empowered because it's my investment. It's my baby, a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. it's my risk. It's my everything. So yeah. that's why I'm a little stressed out about Saturday, but you know, I wouldn't be deep breaths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fine. That's great. It's just I'll you be and okay the fans. By then. Yes. Yeah. Are you a little bit nervous now? Yes, I am. There's no need to be nervous. Thank you. Thanks for just telling me that. You know, it's good to hear. <laughs> Even if it's a lie, I don't It'll care. It'll be fine. Need to no, hear it's it. not a lie. You're going to be great. Like <laughs> I said, you're prolific. You know what you're doing. This is not a new thing for you. So it's you not know. new, but it's always, um, it's like giving birth. It's mm. like, you know, and thank God I've already done that. You know, <laughs> I have had a terror dream of like the baby's coming the next day. And then I wake up, I'm like, thank God I did give birth already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So you have got uh, eight songs. Yeah. Here and a couple uh, honorable mentions. There's so many more, but yeah. It's impossible. It is. To, to pare down to It eight. really is. But, but. I appreciate it because I have been thinking to myself, if I could make my perfect playlist, mm-hmm. these would be the songs oh. with the honorable mentions. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's get into them then. Okay. So the first one is great. Jeff Buckley, Lilac Wine. Yeah. So he, it's his version, I think, as well as the song, but mm-hmm. his voice is just so powerful. Like, it's so deep and yeah. Um, sad and romantic mm-hmm. and real. Yes. And the fact that he died tragically also adds an element of, of intensity to it. So it's an, a tune from the 1940s. And you know who covered it recently is Miley Cyrus. And oh. she did a great job. I didn't know that. She is changing and she's been produced by Mark Ronson recently. And he's taking the country element of her voice mm. and campifying it and she did a good job of lilac wine i was impressed but but jeff's is still my favorite and he died he drowned which a lot of people know or don't Mm -hmm. know but at a young age um but it's off grace that record that he also did hallelujah yeah and lilac wine yeah it's just about love and about coping with the tragedy of love in a way and Drinking your sorrows away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of my favorite all-time songs, Open Once, Jeff Buckley, on the, oh. the album that came out after oh. this, I believe. Oh, I have to check it out. Yeah. Open Once? Did Open, he write it? Open Once, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's an original, yeah. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Okay. Like it. Thanks. Uh, Jennifer Castle is next, Sailing yeah. Away. Yeah. So I love this song so much. I heard it on the radio one day, and I just had to download her record after that but um i think she's from orangeville oh is she really you know but then she moved to san francisco and since Uh it's quite evocative of Joni mitchell in a way but she's like a modern day Joni mitchell to me 
you can hear Joni in you, her phrasing. Right. Yeah. But it's current. Like you can tell she's being real. This is this is really her. But you can feel the West Coast oh, yeah. in her music. And this song is about independence and freedom and just cutting everything off. E- minimalism, no stuff, yeah. no people. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that. Yes. Which, in essence, was what Joni Mitchell was about, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She yeah. seemed to get grumpy later on, but she seemed <laughs> right. so happy earlier on. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. You're right. Uh, Patrick Watson is next with Lighthouse. This is you know, and song. it's funny because I do love men who sing in falsetto. There's something. So do I. You do? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about it, but then I'm like, well, Ray LaMontagne, same, same thing. Like it's that you love it too yeah but i like i go back to like the 70s for stuff like this yeah so like jackie blue for example ozark mountain daredevils okay yeah it's sung it almost sounds like a woman singing yeah but i don't know why you know lenny kravitz used to do a lot of people mick jagger so i don't know why but it's i love it and and it's not even that it's a man singing falsetto like it's just something about patrick watson it's everything it's the music too he's a great pianist and I've seen him live at Massey Hall. He draws from folk, South American folk. He just feels like a very old soul. Mm-hmm. And the beauty, um, it's like, you know, EMDR, when you're like triggered by sounds. It just, EMDR is when you are you have a sensory, kind of like a tingly, like how you introduce the show, like a tingly response okay. to music. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Get back to me. EMDR. It's a thing. Okay. And uh, I get that from him, for sure. Like, it just sends me into this kind of, like, eargasm state. Yeah, this is a very atmospheric song. Atmospheric, lots of higher notes, like arpeggiated notes and tones swelling in and out. And near the beginning, like one third in, it reaches that um, point of, like, it swells up and you're like, oh my God, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And it hits. Like the other day I was doing groceries and yeah. I was parking in the parking lot and I, I needed that swell to happen before I could get out of the car. I'm like, okay, okay, now I can do my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so much tension and dynamics and yeah. emotion. He's so emotional. Yes. Yeah. And there's a nice horn break at the end. Beautiful horns. Yeah. And it's not typical. It's not like a horn section, like a like a it's, funk section. You know, it's, no, it's subtle, but it's it's sonically beautiful. And he's very connected to Lasha Dasella, um, mm-hmm. who passed away as well. But they were in Montreal at the same time, good friends. He wrote a song for her. She had a similar method of production. Oh, I'm not sure if they shared producers, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, yeah. Ray LaMontagne is next. Okay, so I, I'm in love with him. Like, I don't even know him, but like the voice and his face is like, whoa. Um, <laughs> I thought he was, okay, so this was just from listening to his voice. And this is also funny because when I heard Patrick Watson, I thought he looked like a sort of heavy set blonde guy, mm. which is not what he looks like at all. Ray LaMontagne, I had this vision from hearing his voice that he was like a kind of like stocky, kind of like um, Métis mm. guy, like half French, half native. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why I thought that. But then I saw him and he was like, you know, pictures of him online. Um, he's like a hipster. 
He's a hipster. I've never seen a picture of him. Skinny, hipster, cool, really cool looking guy. Anyway, the voice again is the falsetto. And I heard this song in a yoga class, like a heated yoga class, moksha, which already to me is like entering another level of relaxation and um, spirituality. And then that song came on Mm. and the sun was like shining in through the window and beams of light. And I had to ask the teacher, like, what song is this? And she told me. And again, I took it home downloaded it i'm like oh yeah he he, again he's saying i'm just gonna own this day i'm gonna do whatever i feel like and i think sometimes that's hard for me to Mm -hmm. to do without feeling guilty or feeling controlled by other people so to just own your time and your moments and yourself yeah somehow empowering yeah yeah this is a very calming song it's calming And and like he's married. Like I wonder what she would have thought of that song because it's so it's selfish. It's a selfish song, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's self love basically. Uh, Lasa de Sela. Okay. Is next. Oh, el desierto. Yes, that's it. Oh, so okay. You pronounce it. Much I was mentioning than I her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned Spanish because I was married to a Chilean for. 14 years oh wow so um just by osmosis okay and he was chilean and this song um so lasha i never know if it's lasha or lasa but anyway i'll say both to cover (laughs) all the bases (laughs) um she's from mexico but she was very influenced by chilean artists like victor jara and viola tapara and those guys were kind of like the joan baez and bob dylan of Chile. Oh, okay. And if you know about the history like of Chile, I know so much about it now because I was married to a Chilean, but they had, um, when Pinochet came, they were torturing people in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And Victor Jara, who was like the Bob Dylan of Chile, was made an example of. They did bad things to him in front of everyone. So anyway, mm. Lassa was influenced by him, did cover some of his songs. And this one, though, so she started in Mexico, then she went up the west coast of California in a caravan, like a a V-dub van or like a bigger thing with her whole family. Wow. They lived in a trailer. And then they moved to Montreal. And then she actually joined a band of gypsies in Europe. Wow. Right? And she wrote, and then she passed away from breast cancer like not too long ago. And I was wow. so sad. I just went into this grief mode. Be- when she died, because her music moves me so deeply. There's, uh, it's, it's again, it's also the sounds that the producer uses. It almost sounds like water, like the percussion is underwater. Mm-hmm. And it's very liquid and very, so- sounds very real and three dimensional. And then yeah. she's just pulling it out of her soul. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Great pick. So now we, uh, Go into classical territory with Chopin. Oh, Chopin. Yeah. It, nocturne number one in B flat minor. Yeah. I love the whole record. I love the nocturnes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I grew up on classical because my mother just listened to it all the time. So yeah. even without knowing that I know it all, I know I could sing along with, you know, so much. But this one stood out to me, this whole record. And this song is, I think it's the first one on the record, so it always starts my, I don't know, I play it in the morning when I'm making coffee sometimes. But again, it relaxes me and it makes me feel almost like 
a crisp, rainy day. Mm. Like the beginning of spring. Just pretty and sweet. And like everything's quaint and pretty and beautiful. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, classical music has that ability to... I don't know what it is. It's not like any other form of music to me. You seldom listen to it when you're... Unless it's in the background when you're with somebody else. You listen to it by yourself. Yeah. It's very relaxing. But it almost reminds you of just how kind of alone you are and i don't say that in a negative way do you know what i mean though yeah because there are no words yeah. i think that might be part it's, of it yeah you know you're not relating to someone's voice or or lyrics or ideas it's just notes melodies sounds combinations and feelings yes yeah it's so different it's such a different time oh for sure mm -hmm. yeah yeah i do love it and that's a great piece this next one's very interesting. What is it? Frazy Ford. Oh, yeah. Where did you find this? Okay, so Frazy, so I lived in Vancouver for 10 years. Okay. And she was in the Be Good Tanya's. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And she was not the front person, though. She okay. was kind of like one of the first women in in our peer. Like, I wouldn't say she, I didn't, she wasn't my friend. I've actually never met her, but I've met Trish and the other girls because they're more outgoing. She was in the background and she actually had a baby like earlier oh. than anyone, probably in her late twenties, which sounds funny because that doesn't seem that late, but it kind of is mm -hmm. for these days mm -hmm. or it doesn't seem that early. early. I mean, yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but so she was doing that, but the voice like her, there's something about her voice yeah. that is special and always stood out to me. And not only that, it's like she's very fragile and sort of quavery, really? but then her her statements are strong. You yeah. know, like my joy takes nothing from you, for example, is one of her words. It's like, yeah. yeah. Why would someone be so upset that you're happy? And she just says it in this when she's like, you're wait, you're, you know, looking over me, waiting for me to F up. Yeah. I've totally been in those relationships where someone's just like waiting to point the finger and blame you and put mm. you down, you know, like, why? What kind of a life is that, you know? Yeah. And then it's, I'm done, right? She's done. But mm -hmm. she says it in such a way that it's kind of loving. It's like, she's just, she's good. She doesn't need that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, have you seen the video for this? Yeah. Where they're walking, three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anything like that before. It's great. It's so down to earth. That's it. And real. Right? It's just right. They just, they, they she's clearly, a bigger woman. She doesn't care. They, she's not trying to hide anything. No. Yeah. She does not care. No. It was great. I, I thought love it was it. amazing. Yeah. And she's cool. Like, if you hear her in interviews, she's not like, she's not really excited about it all. She's just taking it all in stride, mm. which is a very West Coast attitude. Yeah. Too. You're, well, you lived in Vancouver for a long time. Yeah. How yeah. long were you there? 10 years. 10 years. I, I've never been to Vancouver. Oh, no? Never. It's so different. And it takes a long time to understand the differences. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone thinks, oh, the West is the best. And that's where you go to escape your problems or to have freedom. In reality, what I realized after years went by is it is more laid back. Mm -hmm. But laid back isn't always good thing because it can also mean aloof yes right and the thing i like about toronto is that people are not aloof 
generally. It's a team sport place. It's like, I'm going to throw the ball and you're going to catch it. We're in it together. We're doing this. Like we're alive. We're ambitious. We're alert. It's proactive. Out West, if you express that, it's looked down upon. Really? And, And like one of the examples would be, over there, if you call someone twice, okay. you're like a loser. It's like, why would you call twice? If we want to get back to you, we'll get back to you. Give us three to five days. Really? Here it's like you call twice. It just means that you realize they're busy and that you're giving them a little nudge and it's totally fine. Yeah. So. That's that such a, a, an interesting cultural observation. And the reason why I say that is because I was in Seattle recently. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but they have a thing called the Seattle Freeze. No, I don't and know. And it's the exact same thing, Lily. So, so what it is is people aren't interested in making a certain, you know, more than a certain amount of friends or, uh, or advancing in a friendship farther right. than a certain point. Interesting. So if you and I met and I, mm-hmm. you know, you were new there, I would give you the Seattle freeze saying, Hey, you know, we'll be cordial, but mm-hmm. I don't want to develop a deep friendship with you. <laughs> it's just that we just kind of, you know, keep each other at arm's length. Wow. It's the Seattle freeze. It's called that. Two different people who did mm-hmm. not know each other explained yeah. this to me from yeah. Seattle. Weird. Isn't that fascinating? I had no idea. It's just because they can't handle more than a few friends or I, something or they I, can't. I, I don't know. It's called that. It's, it's a real thing. Yeah. Huh. But it's it's kind of, you know, it's the same parallel as this Vancouver aloofness thing, I guess. Yeah. Like one time and when I was done, I was done with it and I was on my way out. And I was crossing the street and I had a bunch of papers and the wind swept them up and they were all over the street. Mm. And this girl walked right by me as I was struggling to pick them up, where I kind of feel like that wouldn't happen here. No, I don't think it would. People would be like, oh, my gosh, like, would you like a hand? Maybe a hand. Yeah. Or the the digging out of snow thing. Yes. Like that's a cultural or like weather behavior. Like we need each other. Yeah. It's like I'm stuck and I need help. Yeah. And we're there for each other. Yeah. I, I like that. You feel huh. the community. Oh, certainly. Toronto is all about that. Yeah. I love that about Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Your last song. What is it? These Staples Singers. Oh, yeah. These Beautiful. guys make me happy. Yeah. So, him, this is just not like 1960 something. Yeah. With, uh, like pop staples, will the circle be unbroken? So the first time I heard this was um, my friend Bobby Beaton from the Gruesomes played it for me back in the early 90s. That's awesome. He was into so much cool stuff. Like he introduced me to the Jerky Boys. <laughs> and yeah. So, I forgot about them. Right? I know. I, show, I was showing my kids because my son's 12 <laughs> and I didn't realize how bad the language was. Oh. But it is funny. It's hilarious. It's so good. Yeah. My eyes is going crazy. Saul Rosenberg. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Staples Singers is like a man, a husband who left his wife and and his three kids. Mm -hmm. And they're from the States and it's gospel and they did very, very well. But anyway, the point is that what I like about it is it just makes me feel happy. Like it's it's not gospel in a gushy too too much jesus way Mm -hmm. yeah it's like cool cool rhythm like r&b and like they've got that surf guitar in there yes and it's simple and rhythmic and amazing the harmonies are amazing it just makes me feel good it's super uplifting upbeat yeah Yeah. on sundays i played on sundays 
Yeah. <laughs> See, that's a cool kind of observation too, is that it's not Jesus-y, but it's, yeah. it's a hymn. Right? Yeah. Like it's gospel, but it's not, it's not sappy. Yeah. And, and like preachy. It's not preachy. Exactly. It's just fun. It's like cool gospel music. Yes. Yeah. Where it all kind of came from, you know, like where the jazz and the blues and all this stuff oh, came yeah. from. Yeah. Um, but then they yeah. crossed over to the devil's side. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bond heavy metal. <laughs> What's your favorite heavy metal song? My favorite heavy metal song, Lily? <laughs> oh, my God. There are so many. Okay. Um, off the top of my head, uh-huh. I would say Master of Puppets by Metallica. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. I was listening to um, Tanya Tagak's playlist on CBC, and uh-huh. she played that. That was one of her favorites. Oh, really? And her voice is so cute. It's like, hi, thank you for listening. And then she played Master of Puppets. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. That's great. Are you? Do you have one? I'm really not a metalhead. No, like I kind of grew up in the suburbs and heard a lot of it through my brother and stuff. But I listened to Kiss and nice. That's uh, great. I I didn't get it too into Sabbath or Metallica. I don't know. It didn't resonate so much with me. It resonated with my cousin Kinney Star. Yep, and she is such a metalhead. Oh, really? And then she became a hip hop. I, I was going to say she's a hip hop artist. Yeah, but she was into metal big time. So she would bring it because she came from Calgary every summer and we'd spend summers together and she'd bring all our metal tapes. So, what, so I'm curious, what year would this be? At the height of metal in the 80s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. what, 84? Yeah, 84. Yeah. Yeah. To wow. six, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great. And you resisted. You didn't get involved in it. I, I didn't. No, I didn't resist. I just wasn't drawn in. It wasn't your thing. I could see that. I, I've always thought that you have that certain point when you're about 12 or 13. Where the metal you... freeze. No, just kidding. <laughs> the metal freeze. I like that. Um, when you kind of look at music and say, okay, so is it going to be... You know, Kiss, is it going to be yeah. George Michael? Is it going to be... You commit. You commit. Yeah. And, and back then, not so much now, I don't think, but like that was almost your identity. It determines your friends, your fashion, what yeah. shows you go to, You're what so- posters you put on your wall. Totally. It's your social identity. <laughs> totally. It's your jacket, right? It's yeah. Your, it's your badge to a degree. Yeah. And it's funny to think that when you're at those crossroads and you're looking at all these, you know, is it Springsteen or Cindy Lauper, whatever it is. Yeah. You pick one, and back then, you could not cross lines. You couldn't say, well, you know, I really like Madonna, but I also love Slayer. Everything was right. just kind of demarcated, right? Like you could not, which is sad. Yeah. I well, mean, yeah. No, I remember the guys in the smokings, like the dirts, we called them. was <laughs> <laughs> super tight pants and like the, you know, tongue on the back of their super tight jean jacket and the mullet. And they were listening to Metallica and everything. And oh, no. I was, I was a little bit floaty. Okay. Like I was into different stuff and I hadn't committed. Mm-hmm. I think when I went to university, when I was 18, I went to Montreal, I got really into that mod culture because it's kind of like Beatles kinks, but cur- like we were living it now. And then I kind of got into jazz, but like old blues from the 20s. And mm-hmm. so I just started exploring. Yeah. 
See, when I got to university, I did the same thing. Yeah. Then ever the skies just opened up. It was like Neil Young, the so Beatles, good. the Rolling Stones, right? Yeah. But I grew up in a small town, and so I didn't. I kind of had one? to. Espanola. Oh, I don't way know. up north. Okay. By Sudbury. You hear what your friends listen to. Like totally. I had a lot of Steve Miller band growing up. <laughs> like way too much. Yeah. I don't need to hear that. That greatest hits album. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm good with that. Yeah. Every party. But I could sing time. every word, every song. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Swing town. Hot knife party and Steve Miller band. Totally. Yeah, that was it, <laughs> right? I went to like all the parties I went to in the eighties for like four years. There was Steve Miller, that greatest hits record. Yeah, ACDC. Yeah, and the Cult Electric. Dirty Deeds and the They're Done Dirt Cheap. That yeah. whole yeah, and the Cult. And the Cult. Like yeah, those three records were the the biggest, and maybe a Def Leppard record, but like Def Leppard. And I I actually like Def Leppard. So do I. Okay, good. Why'd you say it like that? I don't know. Like, I feel a bit ashamed to say it, but it was because <laughs> I had a crush on a guy who was really into Def Leppard. Ah, yeah. really? Mm. Mm. One of the guys from Def Leppard actually was on the show. Really? Phil He's a super, super nice guy. You would huh. love him. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they from? Uh, Sheffield, England. Oh, wow. You yeah. got him in here. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, we did it over the phone. Nice. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Are they still around? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they come around. Like huh. every two years. Every cool. Every one or two years they're here. I saw Roger Waters recently. Mm. I went to that show, the big one, last summer. Where was, was that? Last summer? At the amphitheater? Yeah. Yeah, was it good? September. Yeah, I was blown away. Mm. I went with a guy who was really grumpy about it all. He had higher <laughs> expectations. I'm like, hmm, wow, I will not be insulted if you don't like my show then. <laughs> Why was he grumpy? putting down Roger Waters. Because there was some sort of like pillar in the middle, which was blocking oh. sight lines. Whatever. Oh. Okay. oh. It still sounded incredible. And his backup singers were amazing. The visual, he looked great. He sounded great. The Good. visuals were mind-blowing. I'm glad he's still doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, they're up there, you know, the guys in Pink Floyd. Totally. How, like, they're probably 75 or so. They have to be around there, right? Yeah. I saw Pink Floyd in, um, I think it was 86. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Montreal? No, in Toronto. Mm. Yeah, with the pig. It was, I saw that. The you were there? The pig went from, no, yeah. I was there in 88, and they did the same thing. It started at one end of the, yeah. it was outdoors. Yeah. And, and they flew it down this yeah. huge cable or whatever. Yeah. I was so high, like I barely remember, <laughs> but I remember the pig. <laughs> I was more freaked out that I had a crush on the guy I was with. Yeah, I'm boy crazy. That's my problem in life. <laughs> in life in general. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Like that's the thing I remember too about that show. The, is pig. the pig. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, like a bit of the graphics. Mm-hmm. But not that's really. That's about it. Yeah. The pig. It's weird. And like these songs that I've shared, I don't even really remember the words, which is weird because I'm a lyricist. Mm -hmm. It's not the words that are like maybe in the Jennifer Castle one, but it's the feeling I get from the sounds of the music. That's what it's about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's that. It's the sound. Yeah. And that's, we were talking earlier about a song called The Handbags and Glad Rags. Okay. The, the lyrics mean yeah. nothing to me. Right. But the way that the chords follow each other, yeah. the structure, exactly. just breaks me up. I, I, I'll never understand why. It's interesting. EMDR. You have to check it out. Mm. Check that out. I will. And um, yeah, it's like sometimes it's a surprising shift and you're like, ooh, like that 
makes me feel something. See, I like that. Yeah. When you're not expecting that chord, like Radiohead does that totally. very well, I find. Oh, yeah. Right? The song's going along, and typically you can say, okay, they're going to go to a D. Right. But, but it's surprising. They, yeah. And you say, whoa, that's a great yeah. little hook. I know. I love that with poetry as well, where if I'm just reading a book and a book of poetry and all of a sudden it's it's just always surprising me mm-hmm. and non-predictable, not predictable, then, then I love it. Mm-hmm. And same with my friends. Like a lot of my friends, talking with them and they have their own thoughts. Yeah. You know, they're not going to tell you what you think you're going to someone else would say mm-hmm. they're they're they've got something surprising to offer i like that yeah yeah i've always respected that yeah you know mm-hmm. i like to have friends who tell it like it is yeah and not tell me things that they think i'm expecting to hear no it's great right or the thing yeah. that they think they're supposed to say exactly. or some reiterating dogma that kind of thing <laughs> that's right yeah that's the thing about religion that i'm not too keen on is like, because my dad is a born again Christian, but like, and I respect him and his choices. It works for him, but like, I don't get to hear his thoughts because he's so connected to the dogma. Mm. And I try to break him out of it and say, like, well, what do you think? And what have you concluded? And he'll just recite what he's heard. See, that's interesting. And I, that's exactly what I don't like about it as well. Yeah. It doesn't encourage any type of kind of free yeah. thinking, you know? Yeah. Judaism is very different very intellectual mm-hmm. i've been to satyrs and they're just like caw, 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 <laughs> challenging each other mm. it's amazing not that i'm gonna become jewish tomorrow but <laughs> it's interesting it's very different yeah. <laughs> yeah how did we get onto this topic and i have no idea but yeah. we have to talk about the two honorable mentions okay we have two honorable mentions space song space song space song who does space song? by beach house yeah, right Right. Love that song. What do you love about it, Lily? I love the, it's so pretty. It's so um, bright mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful. It makes me happy. Mm. Um, and what was the other one? It was, what was it? Shit. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. In a Manner of Speaking by Nouvelle Vague. Right. That's right. Again, I heard it on the radio randomly, and I'm like, Zoom, that song is amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. When that happens. I love that. Like, it grabs you by the shirt. Totally. I love it. By the balls. Yes. (laughs) If you have them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, it just catches my ear and makes me feel something. And I think that's what a hit is. Mm -hmm. Like, a hit moves you. And I love what Keith Richards said about people who are trying to write hits. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't try to write a hit. Do the work so that it moves you. Yeah. And then the results will come. Like That's you right. don't start at the end of the program. I think a lot of artists today, why well, do I know because I hear them talking, try to write hits. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I was reading this article in the paper the other day about this this guy and he said, I spend so much time in the studio. Yeah. Because the more time I spend in the studio, yeah. the better opportunity I have to write a hit. Yeah. But just write songs. Well, and so, okay, so for Retro Modern, I did it with a team of four producers and they're instru- multi-instrumentalists and songwriters as well. Mm-hmm. And we left one song open mm-hmm. to write together. And we had no, none of us had any idea which one it would be or what it would 
become. So I played the guys a bunch of my stuff and demos on my phone and all this stuff. And there, and I wanted to write a hit. I thought yeah. these guys are hit writers. They're with like BMG, I think, or I, BMI, or who knows, but they're like established in the States and, um, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. And they were attracted to the most beautiful melody. Mm. That's what both of their ears perked up. Yeah. And it's a ballad. And it's called Rock Me Baby. And I had the chorus written and we just fleshed it all out and wrote the verses together in the bridge. Wow. But that was the one that they said is the strongest of everything that I showed them. It wasn't poppy. It was just beautiful. Based on the melody. But that's what that's what gets you, you know, by definition is the hook. Yeah. It's oftentimes the melody. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I played it live. We did a little secret pre-show and someone came up from the crowd and said that my, his favorite song was Rock Me Baby. So yeah, it's interesting. And I trusted those guys. I'm like, okay, so you guys are moved by this. I am too, but like, I don't have that perspective with my own stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's hard. You're inside it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to hearing this record now. Rock Me Baby. Maybe you should play that one. It's very pretty. It's very old fashioned, mm-hmm. but in a kind of um, uh, what's her name from Twin Peaks, Julie Cruz sort yes. of way. Yeah, I like music that takes me somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like a drug for me. Yes. The first time I felt that was um, Bossa Nova for some reason. Really? It really helped me feel like I was on a beach and everything was calm and beautiful. Yeah, it just calmed me down. Hmm. So when I find music that does that, then I am attracted to it or upbeat stuff like you can use it to energize you, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you took the time to explore all of these genres. Yeah. Intimately, like bossa nova. Yeah. And jazz. I just feel them, you know, and when I and some jazz shows, I have to dance and people are like, why are you dancing? This isn't dance music. I'm like, it's the rhythm. Like, it's just making me want to dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be like the only one dancing. It moves me. But I am curious about heavy metal because someone said to me recently that it's interesting that that will be the one genre that I don't connect to. And why is that? And she said, it's everything is a, is a resonant tone. So is it like representing anger, for example, or like so. strength that you're afraid to go into? And yeah, I think it's aggression. And I think that kids who like heavy metal are initially drawn to the aggressive tendency. And you, mm-hmm. you know, your friend who liked heavy metal, but then went to hip hop. Yeah. There are sim- yeah. similar dynamics involved in those two genres, in yeah. my opinion. But I, I think that's the allure. And also, I had somebody on the show uh, recently who said heavy metal is power to the powerless is what it provides. Interesting. Yeah. You know, and it's hmm. just it's almost escapist as well. I mean, it's yeah, it's fantastical. Yeah. You know, it's aggressive. It just it's it, over it, the top. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some of it's ridiculous, but. But yeah, that's the entertainment side of it in a way. Mm-hmm. Like everything has to be extra dramatic on stage. That's right. Or or it's just everyday life. That's right. You enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Huh. You'll like it one day, Lily. Yeah, you know, I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> <I think. laughs> 
<laughs> Do you have any other songs you want to talk about? Um, I like Billie Holiday a lot. I like Fine and Mellow by Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. I like Lester Young. He plays with her. He's really mellow, uh, mellow sax player. Hmm. I like Bob Moses. Have you heard that no. thing? It's like two guys from Vancouver. Oh, and also like Dear Rouge a lot. Okay. Dear Rouge, October Seconds, the mm-hmm. song by them. And it's a it's a duet between two people who are having a fight. Okay. She misinterpreted something he said or something like that, but they're really talking it through and it's pretty heartbreaking. And he's like, can't we find a common ground? Sometimes you just wish and the other person's really stubborn. They're just like, over. Mm. Nope. Nope. And he's like trying to like express that he's sorry he didn't do what he should have done or say what he should have said and it's just so beautiful Hmm. yeah they're from vancouver too i had no idea actually heard them on indie 88 and Hmm. um, i thought for sure they were american and when i was down in new york last they were playing at the knitting factory oh wow so i went to their show and talked to them after and and talked to the guitar player about that song October 2nd and he said it's only called that because that's when they wrote down the initial organ part mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the content of the song that's fine very nice guy they're Christians by the way married couple really yeah I didn't know that but she's all over the place like she's a wild performer <laughs> doesn't look like a born again Christian <laughs> at all like the the, the typical look I would say would be like parted in the middle, kind yeah. of mousy brown hair, plastic barrettes. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of look and sweater with like embroidery <laughs> and pants pulled up too high, maybe green, <laughs> light green. <laughs> she didn't look like that. <laughs> wow. Thank God. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So can you um, make me a promise? Mm, I don't know. Can I? Well, what's it about? If the promise is coming back on the show, oh. can you make that promise? I could, yes. It would be fun. It's, it's, it's been a very refreshing chat. Oh, good. Yeah, sure. And I know you have more than eight songs. Yeah. Okay, sure. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay, this has been No Sleep Till Subbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Ms. Lily Frost. Till next time, folks. Thank you, Brent. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide. <laughs>